All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest around the United States, Canada, wherever you may be listening. <clears throat> You're tuned into another ITHSW Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host as always, Zach Bondurant, joining me from hot Chandler, Arizona, about 30 miles apart. But uh, Zach, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I haven't melted yet. Man, I'm telling you, 46 days now, Zach, of over uh, 110 degrees, and I think 15 over 115 or 13 over 115, whatever. It's the hottest uh, summer on record by far. Uh, we continue to endure it because there's hockey to talk about, and uh, tonight we've got a great guest joining us. We've got Kenny McCudden, the assistant coach of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, recently back into the States from the bubble in Toronto, so it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to Kenny, but... Um, we're in round two now, Zach. We're down to the final eight in professional hockey in the NHL. So um, your thoughts on what we're seeing so far? I'm watching the game right now with Colorado and Dallas, and Colorado came to play tonight despite the injuries. Yeah, I think the sound had cut out a little bit there, but I will, from what I heard, is thoughts on the on the play. So, yeah, it's definitely going to start heating up. Um, I mean, now is when we start seeing the, uh, the guys who, who are going to be the contenders. So, I mean, at this point it's, there's a, there's solid eight teams that are in there and we're going to see who comes out on top. Yeah, exactly. And of course, uh, if you haven't been following along, first of all, shame on you, but, um, two bubbles, one in Edmonton for the Western conference, one in Toronto for the Eastern conference. And uh, it's been everything that we thought it was going to be. It's been exciting. It's been um, uh, some ups and downs for a lot of teams. There's been some injuries. There's been some surprises. There's been Tuka Rask leaving for uh, family reasons. There's been uh, all kinds of different things. But one thing there hasn't been is an outbreak of COVID. Another 4,600 and some tests this past week, nothing uh, so since July 20th, the NHL has turned in a perfect score in COVID testing, which uh, which has got to be something that uh, other programs, other sports need to start looking at. Oh, for sure. I mean, you have that many tests. And I mean, granted, all those tests are... And that's just tests. for a week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And all those guys, I don't think there's anybody like leaving the bubble or coming into the bubble without being quarantined or at least coming in. So... Uh, I mean, it's just they're doing something right. And I mean, yeah, that's particularly the NCAA needs to needs to get on that and learn from it as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the the, the biggest, highest level in college hockey and in junior hockey, if you will. So th they need to figure out something. I'm sure behind the scenes they are really working on it. Um but right now we're talking professional hockey. And like I said, our guest tonight, uh, Kenny McCudden, uh, when he joins us, is going to have some really good insight into what it was like in that bubble. He also was uh, not on the bench, but up in the sky watching the uh, five overtime contest between the Blue Jackets and the Lightning uh, just over two, well, just about two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks tomorrow, I guess. So a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I'm particularly interested, though, in, in a couple of things. Number one, kind of getting an insight as to what it was like being in that bubble environment. And then secondly, I'd like to know, um, you know, what you do as an assistant coach to prepare for a draft, a, another 
training camp and the start of another season so quickly because that is going to be a, a challenge. So, um, you know, we'll look forward to hearing what, what Kenny's got to say. He's always a great insight and always a great guest. But like I said, in the meantime, Zach, last night Vegas uh, uh, really destroyed the, uh, <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think Vancouver was in the game from the outset. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if they just weren't prepared to play or if it was just that big of a difference in style of play between uh, St. Louis Blues and, and um, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But quite a contest. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think just the styles match up differently. Um, Vegas is going to play really gritty, you know, down in the boards hockey. Uh, Vancouver is a very highly skilled team that relies on the skill and, and uh, wants to play the speed game as well. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Vancouver what kind of adjustments they make. Um, I don't think Vegas is going to have to make many. So uh, thing that they throw at them. So um, that's it's it's going to be an interesting series. It's going to be a series of adjustments and uh, and fighting every inch for the Canucks. And you'd expect that in playoff hockey. I mean, it's always a series uh, of adjustments, but. Um, the way Vegas handled them last night is, I think, exactly what they want to do. It's a different Vegas team than I've seen in the last two years that they went to the playoffs, the first two years of their existence, if you will. But it's a different style. You can just see the way they're um, they're more workmanlike, I guess is the best term that I can use. And I've seen them up close and personal for a couple of years now. Uh, the guys look like they're out there to do a job, and that's it. So... Um, you know, if they continue that, they're going to be really hard to beat. I just, uh, they're too deep. They run four lines. Um, at the end of the game, their first line has got as much energy as uh, they had to start the game because they roll through those four lines. And I just don't know of another team that can do that. Yeah, it's, and that's where I think they're, they're the clear front runner at this point to, to take the cup. Um, I think you and I had talked about it a little bit on uh, last night's pandemic playoff podcast, along with Paul, that um, they're going to be really hard to beat. And if they keep playing this way, the only way they're going to get beat is if they beat themselves. So, yeah, yep, absolutely. I said that same thing. Yeah, um, so it, it'll be good. But uh, I, I mean, it, it'll be nice to see uh, if they get a shot at it. It'll be nice to see them lift it because, I mean, they've done everything right. They've They've built a great organization and um it kind of creates a new a new winner which i like yeah totally agree with you um uh, in the eastern conference the islanders put on a show again tonight and uh, i i don't know what to say about that team they're, they're so talented uh, and i agree with paul and the fact that uh, they play some really good hockey when they've got everybody healthy and are playing their style of game but they just um they just get it done that's all i can say about them they just completely get it done i was gonna send you a uh a tweet today that I saw uh, of Gritty walking down the road. Um, <laughs> he said he was on his way back to Philadelphia. So I don't know what that meant, but <laughs> I know that guy. I know your fanship with Gritty. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> Knowing him, there's only, we can only imagine. I'm sure he's got something up his sleeves. <laughs> so Philadelphia might want to get Gritty back if he actually left Toronto, get him back in there because uh, they. They had a rough day of it today against the Islanders, though. Everybody has now played uh, at least one game, as I said, uh, 
the Avalanche and uh, Dallas are playing right now after one period. I believe it's still one nothing, Colorado. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about injuries, but man, oh man, that was a terrible break for Colorado to lose uh, Grubauer and then also Eric Johnson to have his injury. And I mean, uh, they, they've been battling them, haven't they? Yeah, and I mean, the one with Grubauer, I think the long term is going to be more of the focus because um, I think you had pointed out uh, Darcy Kemper had a similar incident where he was out for, I think you said, months at a time. I don't remember the exact uh, time. Yeah, I think it was three months because it happened yeah. like uh, November, and I don't think he was coming back until February. Matter of fact, yeah. I don't know if he even played a couple of games before the pandemic hit shut down hit or what, but um, yeah, it was something else. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm very interested to see how Francis plays. Um, and I mean, that's, that's kind of what the abs organization has been working on is building that goalie depth. They have the guys up front. Um, they've, they, it's, you know, when they traded Duchesne, they got all those pieces for offense and defense. So what they've been working on is that goalie depth and, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. He did pretty well during the regular season, and he had a couple games that he showed up in for the uh, for the uh, round robin tournament. He he did pretty good there. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the guy. It'll be interesting to see how he does, and and hopefully he puts up some good numbers and makes a little bit more interesting off season for the Abs. Well, what I've seen with the Abs right now is uh, they have two outstanding players. I said it last night on the podcast podcast that. Uh, I thought Nathan McKinnon and, and Kale McCarr might be the two best players in the uh, playoffs right now, individuals, because uh, they just completely can take over a game. And McKinnon did it again tonight, uh, scoring a goal. And, and McCarr, um, man, I, you know, I like Hughes, but I don't think it's close, to be honest with you, Zach. I think Kale McCarr is just that much better at this point uh, for both being rookies because he, he – I, and I made this comment last night, too. I think it's worth making again. When he makes a mistake, which you expect a defenseman to do, especially a rookie defenseman, he almost always recovers and doesn't allow a breakaway off of what should have been a breakaway. And I yeah. think that's the difference. Yeah, he's got the speed to uh, to go along with the skill. Um, and the speed, like you said, can make up for some of the mistakes that are made. Um, I think the I'm, a big difference between the two is Makar, I think, has been given the keys to the Rolls-Royce, and the coaches have said, go do your thing. Just do whatever makes you you. And I think Quinn Hughes is they're, – they're trying to develop him, and they look at him as – not that the Avs don't look at Makar as a long-term franchise player, like a Duncan Keith has had been for the Blackhawks when they won their, their three cups. Um, but I, I think just the Avs organization know what they have, and they have just said, go – run with the wind kid and we'll, we'll make up whatever we got to make up to on the defensive end because we want to use your offensive prowess right now. And you know what? The other thing I, well, two things I want to mention is he coming out of UMass. Um, he was uh, NHL ready. Uh, I thought right when he uh, was still playing his, his last year at UMass, he was that talented. It was like a boy against uh, or a man against boys. Uh, and then the other thing is he's developed such a real chemistry with McKinnon, and you can see it. They know where each other are on the ice. But not only that, I, I watched it again tonight. Uh, they make passes to each other that other people can't control. 
<laughs> and Colorado's yeah. got some really talented forwards, but they can't um, uh, they can't actually uh, do what they need to do. It doesn't seem like to um, to to handle the passes like McCarr and McKinnon do. So, okay, let's take a quick break and let's come back. I think uh, Kenny's having some problems getting on, so he's going to be on the phone. Uh, maybe going here. So uh, let's take a quick break here from a couple of our partners and we'll come back hopefully with Kenny McCutton from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy, big William Carlson fan, or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant, joining uh, me from beautiful, uh, uh, let's see, Chandler, Arizona, uh, where it's still about 110 or so right now. So, Zach, how are things down there still? Um, it's, it's cooling down only because the sun went down. But I, I can't complain because <laughs> – by the time that this month is over, we basically have the best weather in all the United States. So I'm good. I hear you. Well, right now we're having a few connection problems uh, uh, with Kenny. I think he might be online uh, with our executive producer, Terry. Hold on one second here. I am going to see what we can do to patch things together. Maybe Kenny can give me a call on my phone and we can uh, go uh, see how we're doing. So, Kenny, are you with me? Okay, I can't hear anything on there now. Maybe we can have him give me a call directly 
on uh, my other phone and we can connect. It's going to be difficult for you, Zach, to uh, to hear uh, everything. You'll be able to hear him, but he won't be able to hear your questions. So I'll have to relay for you if we're able to okay. get that to, to work. So let's uh, let's see how we're going. The, the beauty of technology is, folks, uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we we learned to roll with the punches here at ITHSW podcast and with uh, professional hockey Southwest Weekly. So. Okay, I think I got I got his call, but I think it came to the wrong phone. So let me see if we can get him the other phone number, um, uh, and then maybe he can reach me and we can. Uh... In the meantime, Scott, what I'll do is we'll talk a little bit about what's going on um, between the the eight teams that are left uh, within the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, the Avalanche looks like they're still up one nothing. Okay, I think I've got That's Kenny coming on the playoffs, other phone, so. After that, I think you got uh, next series that's going to be very interesting is going to be um, the Flyers and Islanders. For the, from the aspect of the Flyers, we're coming in number one for the uh, round-robin tournament, and then the Islanders are looking like a really tough team. So they may be emerging as one of the favorites for the playoffs. Um, Scott, are we all good? I think we're there. Kenny, do I have you? I've got you, Scott. Okay. Ken, Zach, can you hear uh, Kenny? I sure can. Okay. Well, Kenny McCutton, welcome in. Welcome back to the United States of America. I know it's been quite a whirlwind for you guys and everybody in the NHL. So first things first, welcome back, and how are you doing? Good, Scott. I, I think I'm still not being able to connect with you. Uh, <laughs> some way, somehow, I was being kicked out in order to make this connection. So my apologies, but I'm glad we're together. Absolutely. Well, you got me and you got Zach Bondurant with us, so uh, I will have to probably relay some of his questions to you uh, if you can't hear them. So uh, we will get started on that in just a minute. But, um, you know, so many things happen, Kenny, and, and one of the things I'm most proud of as a hockey player is what the NHL has done to uh, curtail COVID, if you will. Um, they've actually uh, done a terrific job, and, and you know it. You were firsthand, but just tell us how proud you are to be a, a representative of the National Hockey League. Well, I mean, uh, first of all, to get uh, hockey back, uh, I mean, who would have ever thought back in March or, March or April that we'd be talking about a bubble and we'd be talking about uh, playoff hockey and uh, knock on wood where uh, nobody's uh, became ill. But uh, the National Hockey League's just done a bang-up job in order to get this off the ground and uh, I was part of that bubble in Toronto for three weeks, a little over three weeks, and uh, I mean, uh, the safety behind it, um, just the, uh, how everybody was involved at the, just at the highest level to make this happen, whether it was the people behind the scenes, the league itself, players, 
trainers, coaches, referees to make this happen. Absolutely amazing. Okay, I'm going to let Zach throw a question at me, and then I will relay it to you, and we'll go from there, okay? Yeah, sure. Hey, Kenny. Zach, you got uh, one going for Kenny? Yeah, tell him I said hi. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I want to what was the uh, what was kind of the attitude coming into that first game or that game that went five overtimes, and what was the attitude after? Scott, you're going to have to relay the question to me because obviously I can't hear. Yeah, absolutely, Kenny. Uh, he just kind of wanted to know what the attitude was like uh, going into a five-overtime hockey game. Uh, what was your team like? You played several overtime games, but that one really stuck out, and I know uh, if you weren't a hockey fan going into that game, you probably were coming out of it. Well, let's talk about the series prior and a multiple series against Toronto, a great series, and uh, uh, going to a fifth game, which is a seventh game, because that first round was the, the play-in was five games. So basically, it's seven. It's like a seventh game that you're playing. But uh, yeah, the first game uh, to go to a total of eight periods. Uh, you know, all I can say is that these athletes are amazing. I mean, uh, to be able to handle that and play at the speed that they were. Whether it's the, the very first overtime or the fifth or sixth, but the eighth, uh, absolutely incredible on both sides. And uh, terrific for the game, terrific for fans. Not good for the Her uh, Carolina Hurricanes in Boston that night because they couldn't <laughs> play their game. Uh, they were getting ready. They were getting ready because they had the 8 o'clock game. And uh, uh, and you're, uh, they had to kick it off uh, the next morning at 11 a.m. But uh uh, yeah, something that uh, I'll never forget. I mean, you know, when you look at two of our players, like Seth Jones, he played an hour and five minutes, and then Corpus Allo, I believe, had something like 88 or 89 saves, which is a record also. So to see two records like that, uh, to witness that, um, incredible. But the speed, uh, nothing was pulled back, uh, Zach, uh, to answer your question. Nothing was scaled back. I mean, the, the, the there was no slow motion hockey out there, whether it's period six, seven, or eight, as far as the OT. Uh, it's just an amazing speed to be able to carry on like that. Okay, so we know that, that it was a five overtime game. We know you also played other overtime games, but one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you about is, um, and I heard this stat on the uh, Western Conference broadcast the other night. They said there were something like 45 games have already been played in Edmonton's ice, which is three more than they would have played. They can, how good is that crew to be able to keep the ice in good playable condition? Well, we only practiced once on the main ice as far as because uh, uh, where the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Marlies, the American Hockey League team, uh, where they practice out of has four sheets or five sheets under one roof. So all practices for most of all the teams, uh, the six teams that were in the, in the Toronto, uh, or I should say uh, 12 teams that were in the Toronto Hub, we're practicing out of that facility. But as far as the ice itself, um, I mean, I was down there. I was able to see it. It, it, it was very, very good. I mean, they were flooding heavily uh, for all these games. But at the same point, uh, they had a crew. And the crew is, I was counting as many as 12 on the ice uh, in between periods taking care of that ice. But um, the building was extremely cold for probably the first week. And then they brought that temperature, uh, uh, you, know, you know, they brought it up a little bit. So uh, that, I don't think that affected the ice. I think they got the building at the right temperature, obviously, to match the ice. But no complaints from, from the player's standpoint with the ice. But that is uh, 
uh, an amazing stat when you think of that in that short period of time that you just mentioned, 45 games versus, you know, 41 games that Edmonton would have played on their own ice. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really incredible. The other thing, Kenny, is, uh, you know, the ability to – and I kind of joke with other guests that we've had on during the uh, the playoffs is um, it kind of brings you back to your, your kid days playing hockey, right? Where you're all quarantined, if you will, in a hotel and you're on a road trip and it's just, it's a longer road trip and you're an adult now. And one of the things that I was also wondering about was, uh, you know, the younger players, they're used to that. They're fresh out of college or juniors, but the older guys, the guys that have been around a while that have families and kids, how did they handle it both physically and mentally, did you think? I think uh, in an incredible way. I mean, uh, everybody's professional, obviously, and you're going there for one reason. You're going there to meet, compete for a Stanley Cup. And, um, but I think the big thing was versus playoffs, you hear the, you know, in the past the words were always playoff hockey. But uh, this was considered a tournament to go into uh, the play for the Stanley Cup. And, um, no, I, I think across the board, uh, the professionalism behind this to make this happen was was incredible. But as far as you know, for our team, I just go at it every single day. If it, if it's a if it's a day of practice, you, you get to work. Um, another thing you don't hear too much about is every team was carrying you know at least ten extra players. So um, those incidents keep those guys going to and fresh in case you needed them, like we did at times, and other teams have used their players too. That's a thing that hasn't been spoken about. So, literally, you're going every with your own team, uh, the players, the game, the game group, and also the extra players. And uh, um, we ended up carrying four goalies. Uh, uh, after the first round, we had to bring in a fourth goalie because, uh, you know, one of our goaltenders uh, was down. So, uh, uh, but no, the professionalism behind game day skates, uh, getting prepared for games, getting prepared for practices, and preparing the extra players, uh, it's just something that uh, we're all used to doing. I completely understand. Zach, uh, got one more for Kenny. And Kenny, hold on a minute. I'll relay it to you. Yeah, so he said that he had to, they had to bring in a another goalie. So what's the process? Were they quarantined prior to making that trip? Uh, um, okay, so, uh, so Kenny, Zach's question is uh, you mentioned about bringing in a fourth goaltender. How, how did the process work for that? Were they quarantined before they got to Toronto, or did they have to be quarantined there? Or how, how did that all work out, you know? Yes, I do know. Uh, when we brought in the fourth goaltender, he, he had to quarantine in his room uh, for four straight days, and then he had testing from there every single day uh, during during his stay while he was there. But we were all being tested. So, um, and by the time we uh, ended up keeping him out of his room, that became our last game as a matter of fact uh, against Tampa. But uh, no. Uh, uh, the safety behind everything with the testing every day and uh, the temperature checks every single day. I mean, you felt completely safe, but I was getting that kind of testing, and so were players uh, and coaches from every single club prior to going to Toronto because with the voluntary skates and training camp, we all had to be tested in our own cities. So I think I was up there like 38 tests or something like that uh, oh. uh, for the whole entire time. So... Uh, um, in Columbus, prior to going to Toronto, we were testing every other day, 
or sometimes even a third day. But once training camp uh, kicked in, that was every single day and uh, leading up to Toronto and every single morning in Toronto. So uh, you felt very, very safe with everything. And, uh, um, and, and, and that's why they're doing such a great job and continuing to do such a great job uh, carrying into this uh, second round right now. Okay, so I got to ask you this because I've been tested one time and I had the, the nasal probe, if you will. Is that the same kind of testing you guys had or did you have some other form of testing? In Columbus, we had a saliva test and in, uh, uh, in Toronto, we were having a uh, nasal swab, uh, 15 seconds in each nostril. And I believe Edmonton is having a throat culture. So uh, Edmonton and Toronto, uh, for their 12 teams that were in Edmonton, they were getting a different test and uh, than what we were getting in Toronto, but uh, um, again, uh, you feel that uh, that's just part of it, and you accept it, and uh, it's normal uh, to be doing that to get this uh, whole entire thing uh, going the right way in the right direction, and they've done an incredible job. Well, absolutely, and uh, I'm going to throw one more at you, because normally this time of year, uh, I would be seeing you in a couple of days at uh, in Las Vegas for uh a charity golf tournament and a couple of days on the ice with the Rebels. So I know you're uh, you're a little bummed out not to be able to do that because I know how near and dear that is to your heart. But um, in addition to missing that, you got to prepare for another season real soon. How, how are you guys doing that? Well, obviously, um, with us being able to do right now, this is our time off, and we've got to treat it as our as our time off. But uh, once um, we have the pause. You, you were just waiting on work to get back. You didn't know when that work was going to be and if it was ever going to come. But, uh, no, this is just a time where uh, uh, we have to wait on word when uh, training camp would open up after the Stanley Cup finals. And I think the last game is October 2nd or 3rd for the Stanley Cup uh, during this playoff round, and, uh, or I should say playoff uh, tournament, and uh, leading up to the Stanley Cup. But, uh no, we're just waiting on work, whether it's going to be November or December, and uh, I'm sure we'll find that out once the Stanley Cup is uh, over with. Okay, one more real quick one for me, and then I'll get back to Zach again. But um, in addition to the Stanley Cup being awarded, you're also going to have a draft right afterwards and then go to training camp. So I know you work a lot in development, and have you been putting in overtime to, uh, to look at your draft prospects as well during all this process? No, uh, Scott, I'm not, I'm not part of that at, at all, and uh, uh, I don't see those players until uh, they actually become uh, uh, part of Traverse City, and obviously we don't have Traverse City, which is our tournament for our prospects, but obviously all that is uh, all gone right now due to COVID, but no, I'm not working overtime with that. Uh, uh, our overtime became uh, uh, getting, uh, getting to our cities and developing our players to the voluntary states get ready for training camp and training camp ready for the tournament. That was, uh, that was preparing uh, a little bit of overtime to get ready for, to continue the season and finish off the season the right way. Okay, one more time. Uh, we'll go to Zach for a question, and then I'll, I'll relay it to you, Kenny. So just hold with me a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to know, um, going into the, into the bubble, the goalie situation, was it something that was a no brainer or was it something left up to the goalies to compete for that job since they were now coming into kind of a new season? Okay, Kenny, here's uh, here's Zach's question. He said, going into the bubble was, uh, 
was the goalie situation kind of ironed out or were they preparing as if they were going into a new season and competing uh, for your team? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, uh, well, we, we, we know Corpus O and uh, Elvis uh, are our two main goalies and both, uh, both got us through a, a, a very, very difficult year this year with the amount of injuries that we had and they did a bang-up job as did the players that uh, – filled those roles that came from the American League, and we spoke about that, I believe, uh, back in April or May when you had me on the show. But uh, um, I, I think the thing that uh, uh, might have hurt us a little bit uh, was being able to give Corpus Allo a rest uh, you know, to be able to play Elvis because we weren't able to play him in that Tampa series for the fact that uh, he was not able to play. And uh, uh, so that, that didn't give uh, Corpy a, a rest like it may have should have, but... Uh, both goaltenders are outstanding goaltenders, and uh, uh, we're so fortunate to have uh, two two goaltenders that you can lean on. Okay, back to the bubble. One thing, give us a give us an insight about uh, kind of what a sample game day was and what a sample off day would be for you guys. How I mean, I've heard teams like Vegas has a quote unquote. Uh, um, I don't know what they call it, entertainment crew or something. Did you have guys on the roster that, that took that up to uh, keep the guys engaged when they weren't on the ice? No, no. Uh, I'll answer the, the latter part of your question first. Uh, uh, if we had a day off and uh, it was a designated day off where nobody was skating at all, it was so nice to be able to be shuttled over as a group of players or coaches and go over to the BMO uh, field, which is the professional soccer team that plays in out of Toronto, and use their big stadium and get on that stadium, and it'd be uh, it was an incredible experience to be able to see you know Boston players in one corner of the pitch and Flyer players on the other side, and Columbus coaches in one corner and referees in the middle. I mean, all using that field, whether it's to throw a football around play catch on the baseball mitt. Brad Larson, one of our other assistants, brought a baseball mitt. Uh, Torch was playing catch. Uh, uh, we, we, you know, we are playing frisbee. There's so much to do. But just to be able to get out on that kind of day where the sunshine in Toronto was having terrific weather, breaking all sorts of records with their weather. So on a day off, to be able to go there and just be outside and do something a little different was terrific. Uh, as far as the preparation, the first part of your question, the preparation for game day, nothing changed there. Everything was the same, identical as the, to the regular season, identical to regular playoff hockey. You're just trying to prepare your team the very, very best, whether it's Bradshaw uh, with the PK or, or uh, Paul McClain with the power play or Brent Parson with the five-on-five. Five. Uh, we are preparing the exact same way to get our players ready for playoff hockey, but uh the bubble uh, was uh, quite an experience, an interesting experience, and to be able to take over a complete floor of a hotel, and for instance, we were on floor 10, and maybe the New York Rangers were on the 8th floor, and the Hurricanes were on the 6th floor, to be able to run into coaches, players, referees, managers, um, absolutely a, uh, a fun scenario to be in, and uh, the only difference is uh, we're all wearing masks, and uh we're all still keeping our distance to still be safe. But basically your day is starting with a temperature check, a COVID test, and then your day's normal from there, whether you're playing or whether you're not. So uh, you just got to treat and prepare your team the very, very best way. Wow. Um, Zach, you got another one for Kenny? 
Yeah. Um, so what's so having guys like Zach Rowinski and Seth Jones being kind of the building block and the foundation of that defensive core that's going to be there for many years to come, what's it like knowing you have those two studs that you can rely on day in and day out for bubble play and regular season? Okay, I'm going to try to relay this one. He's talking about your defensive <laughs> core with uh, uh, Zach Wazinski and uh, Seth Jones, and he wants to know – uh, what's it like knowing that you got those two, and he used the word studs, uh, in your lineup, whether it's in a bubble or whether it's anywhere else, Kenny? Well, Seth Jones and Zach Wittinski, uh, two incredible players, um, you know, one from Dallas, one from Michigan. Um, I mean, to lot the minutes that they did as far as all the, uh, the overtime games that we played in both series, uh, amazing minutes. I mean, they're, they're both playing – Normally, anywhere between 25 to 28 minutes. Uh, but uh, obviously, logging a lot more time with that with the OTs and then with that eight uh, period game, uh, it gets that 65 minute mark with, with Seth Jones. But um, two incredible players. They, their vision is terrific, uh, Zach. Uh, they see the ice so well to answer your question, they skate so well. Um, you know, to be able to have a pair like that, a tandem like that. Uh, it's, a, it's a special combination that doesn't come around too often. Um, it, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's something very, very good uh, to be able to have at such a young age with both of them right now with our club. And speaking on behalf of the rest of the defensemen that we have, uh, we, we, we've got a, an excellent core of defensemen to go along and stand in front of our goaltender. So, um, and we've got a very young team. Um, I, I read that the Blackhawks were about two or three months younger than us, so the Blackhawks edged us out as far as having the youngest team with the 24 teams in the tournament, and we were the second youngest. So, uh, uh, But to go back to players like Wawrenski and, and Jones and have those players so young and so dominant, um, you know, it's, it's going to be nice for years to come. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, I kind of want to wrap things up with you, Kenny, and uh... – and let you talk a little bit about, since you do work with uh, the club level guys and stuff, um, what's going to be the key, do you think, to getting uh, NCAA hockey back and club hockey back? We already know out here in the desert southwest anyway that club hockey is not going to start till January, and uh, NCAA hasn't really said anything. But is there a way, in your estimation, that they can get back to playing this game safely, or are we just going to be playing the waiting game? I, I, I think it's a waiting game. We don't have the answers, do we? I mean, really, uh, by the end of the day, it's uh, it's really sad where all this has been and uh, and for so long that uh, we haven't been able uh, to get answers with it all. But I think that's where we are as a world, and we spoke about that back when you had me on earlier. Uh, we didn't know where that was going to go back then, and, and it's still, still a little bit of that gray area right now about uh, where we're going to be, whether it's... Uh, the states or the provinces or Canada or whether it's in Europe. I mean, we have no clue. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not part of the desert hockey when it comes to uh, working with ASU this year, or I should say this past summer, or working with the Rebels in Vegas. I'm so sorry to miss those two teams for the fact that I love to work with their coaching staffs as far as uh, talking about their players, uh, of what I do when I go to camp there and uh, being able to uh, get those players to another level or have those players hear a different voice. So 
I miss my desert hockey like you can't believe it. I'm going to miss the golf tournament like you had mentioned earlier, Scott. <laughs> well, I told you I'm going to do my part to uh, to keep your spirit going in there because I, I know they're going to miss you as well. But um, it, it, we talked about, you know, it's a different animal in club hockey because you got to pay to play, right? And uh, and I give credit to, to Nick and Anthony because they've done a really good job of continuing to do their fundraiser. The golf tournament's sold out. There's 144 players 36 teams and, and a bunch of other people. So uh, kudos for them to keep in the spirit up. But I also I think agree. that guys, uh, you know, that are maybe NCAA players that are uh, facing their last year of eligibility, if you will. And we saw here at ASU, Josh Maniscalco just signed his contract with Pittsburgh. Um, and I'm just curious as to if somebody were to ask you from the collegiate level, Kenny, what should I do? Um, what, should, what should I do? I, I don't know where we're going uh, should I try to move to the next level? Should I keep sticking this out? What would you recommend? Well, that's not a question. Uh, they're all available, as we know, with every single sport when it comes from the NCAA. But, uh, um, you know, as far as the development side, and, you know, I, I first of all, it's hard, it's hard to be able to answer that question whether or not a guy should turn pro or not, especially when you don't get a chance to see him often or you don't know what he's being advised from an agent. But on the, on the development side, all I can say is um, if they're going to continue to go to school if they had another year left and they, and, and they didn't want to turn pro or whatever the case would be, is obviously they still got to work on their hands, their feet, their vision, get on the ice as much as they can. Uh, and, and, and just try to be better every single day. That's from my standpoint, from my, from my world of development, my world of uh, working with players. Uh, there's still things to be worked on at every single level. Even the greats still work on their game every day from the National Hockey League. But um, players that are, whether it be club hockey all the way to uh, Division uh, Division One hockey, um, work on their skating game, work on their shots, and uh, their vision, which is a key, key thing, not a whole lot of people talk about the see the ice. Um, these are things that they can't get enough on, are, are enough of, and they got to continue to work on it. Okay, we'll wrap it up with one final question for you. What's on your agenda between now and the time that you go to training camp? Uh, I know you told me before you were doing a lot of Zoom stuff. Uh, what's Kenny McCudden going to be doing for the next month or two? Well, you know, I want to continue the Zoom and I want to continue like a, a show like this with you and talking hockey because it's very meaningful. Uh, I just screw you up with, with my connection trying to get on there with you. So I apologize to Zach and Terry, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, I have problems getting in on on, on your uh, show. But, uh, you know, my, uh, my world is uh, to keep my bag zipped right now for another three or four or five days. But I'm trying on getting on the ice here in Chicago and, uh, I know, uh, I know there's going to be pros. I know there's going to be collegiate players that are here in Chicago that are going to want to me to skate them and me to work with them. And uh, I, I look forward to that at some some point uh, um, because I need to get on the ice too, uh, whether it's two times a week or three times a week. But right now, uh, I think I'll take about four, four days off before uh, I put the skates back on and maybe hit that little white ball around. 
Ah, there you go. I can't uh, can't blame you a bit for that. Kenny McCudden, uh, always great to have you on. I, I think I can pretty soon call you a good friend now, not just a friend, because um, every every time I, I send you a message, you respond so quickly, and uh, I will never forget that, my friend. So thanks for joining us. I wish the Blue Jackets were on the ice right now because I really enjoyed watching your team play. And, uh, you know, as you said, they're a very young team, and I'm sure they're going to be back for years to come. So keep up the good work. Thanks for joining us. I know – uh, for Zach as well, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on, no matter how we get you. Scott, thank you very much to uh, to Alf and Zach and, and Terry for hooking me up right now, and uh, always appreciate being on your show. And uh, keep up the great work. All right, I'll uh, I'll pass on all the good words uh, up in Vegas as well when I get up there in a day or two. And hit a golf ball for me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I can I can do that. Not as good as you probably, but I can still do it. <laughs> all right, folks, that's. We'll definitely do that. That's uh, Kenny McCudden, the uh, assistant coach from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, joining us on uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, albeit we had to do it a little differently than normal. But, hey, that's it. We we adapt. Uh, uh, Zach, I appreciate you for hanging in there and, uh, and being able to throw me questions like that. That's uh, It's not an easy task, but hopefully you're able to hear his answers anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. No. And uh, yeah, as at this point, I wouldn't expect anything different from 2020. So and, <laughs> and a man that just came out of the bubble. So it, the world's a little odd outside of the bubble. So it's all good. Well, if you could see how I do that, uh, you would be going like, how in the world is this happening? Because I'm sitting here with a uh, tablet, uh, two phones, a microphone, a headphone, and I'm juggling uh, more like a circus character than uh, than a hockey podcast host but it's great to have Kenny on because his insight is so good so I just want to give you a minute to reflect on what you heard from from Kenny McCudden and what you think um, first of all uh, his professionalism and, and how lucky the Blue Jackets are to have him and then second question and the follow-up on that would be uh, just how much he means to the desert southwest he likes to uh, get out here and it's a real passion for him to teach the young guys yeah, I mean, obviously, just being a very professional is has gotten him to where he is, being a, an assistant coach in the NHL level, and uh, and just having that persistence to he's going to figure out how to get on this podcast that speaks volumes. So, um, but yeah, I, honestly, he was he was really great to have his insight and, and kind of the inside scoop as to what life was like up there. Uh, coming from somebody directly who was involved in it and not only involved with just the bubble, but probably the most interesting game that happened and is going to happen in the bubble unless somebody <laughs> goes unless somebody goes six overtimes. But right. um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's really cool to have somebody who's involved in, in the hot and growing the game in, in the desert southwest and um I don't think we could ask for anybody else to be on, on the side of growth for the game down here. So it, it's really exciting, and I'm really excited to see what he gets uh, gets into for the Blue Jackets. And I'm really excited to see what they do next year. It's a very young and exciting team, and um, it's just it's going to be a really good team in the future. So I'm excited. I'm excited for him, and um, I'm excited of what he can bring to the, the Southwest again when everything kind of levels out. Okay, so let me tell you what I took away. This is not hockey-related, but it is hockey-related, if that makes sense. Uh, we know the toughness of hockey players. Uh, I've had one COVID test done. Um, it, it, did, it, you know, it wasn't painful, but it was irritating, and I was glad when it was over. Um, 
can you imagine being tested every single morning 38 times while you're in a bubble and then the numerous times before that um, to having that 15 second per nostril probe, probe I should say, of your nose? Uh, that's just incredible to me. I mean, I can see the saliva test. You spit it into a little tube, right? But, but that nasal probe is not a lot of fun. And to have it over and over and know you're going to have it every day, I mean, that just tells you um, the toughness of – and I'm not just going to say the hockey players because I know other uh, professional athletes are having it done that way too. But, um, man, oh, man, wh what a different lifestyle from the way it was uh, seven, eight months ago. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, I just – I think that also uh, just proves that even though – people want to put an asterisk on this playoff and the Stanley cup finals. Like it's, it's not a, a walk in the park up there. These, these guys are having to go through a daunting task of, okay, I got to get in the building, temperature check, swabbing, all that stuff. It's, it, it's probably twice as hard, probably actually three times as hard because one, everybody was healthy coming into this thing Two, You got all these extra added measures and then maybe even four times because you don't even get to see your family all all um, all that much, if ever, for you know two months. So um, I think it definitely does speak volumes to how dedicated these players are. And I think, like we had talked about last week, it it shows that this lifestyle can really wear on you as a player. And um, I think it's going to show who the toughest team is. Uh, standing at the end of this, not only the most talented, but the toughest. Yeah, and I think when you mention toughest, it's not just physically tough, but it's mentally tough. It's mental, Be yeah. Because you hear a lot about players that um, you know don't have the mental toughness to go through that. I mean, that, that's like a new normal, right? When you're doing a COVID test uh, every single morning, a temperature tech, COVID test, and that's how you begin your day. Uh, the other thing I thought was really uh, different is we've heard a lot about Vegas, right? They've got their uh, entertainment crew or whatever, where when it's an off day or an evening or whatever, they got guys that set up uh, team movies and all this and that. Uh, and, and I asked Kenny about that, and he said the most exciting thing that they were looking forward to on their off days was getting out to the, to the big soccer field and uh, just being outside. Uh, how crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of to speaks to what uh, Tortorella's coaching style is. There's no frills. There's no, you know, bows or fireworks. It's we're going up there to do a job and, you know, we're focusing on hockey. Um, and that's just an outsider's perspective. I could be totally wrong, but Vegas may just have may have gotten together as a team and said, OK, we need like a morale boost because, that that's kind of an older team in the sense that there's not a lot of rookies there or even one or two year guys. There's they've most of them. I'm pretty sure have got wives have kids, you know, all that stuff. So they probably needed that in order to, to get through because they knew they were going to be in it for the long haul. It's a very talented team. And like uh, Kenny said, it's a very young team for Columbus and we had talked about younger teams maybe having an advantage because you know not having the kids and wife at home that you're missing um you're used to being those on those long road trips on the buses uh just being with the teammates so maybe it was something Vegas thought that they needed because of the the family they were going to be missing and Columbus just knew like hey we're going here to play we're going here to play hockey most important thing is winning and we're just going to focus on that 
Yeah, that's all, all very good points, and I, I believe you're probably right in the uh, the attitude of John Tortorella. You can tell in his press conferences uh, he's got a few more words when they win, but not a lot of words when they lose. And uh, it's a uh, you know, it's a crazy crazy world we're living in 2020. Let's take another quick break and let's come back and wrap things up. We'll uh, take about three minutes to hear from a few more of our partners. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best bar or pregame feast. Head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy, uh, live in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Zach Bondurant down in Chandler, Arizona. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. We just uh, completed a great visit with Kenny McCutton, the assistant coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, just back in the United States after uh, a couple of series uh, where they were ousted by the Tampa Bay Lightning um, after beating the uh, Maple Leafs in the play-in series. So uh, great to visit with Kenny. Um, Zach, I want to get back to the, uh, the the playoffs that are going on right now, right? You, I think you said it best when you said kind of the cream of the crop has risen to the top and you have the final eight teams, and it is a battle. I mean, I've had uh, Colorado-Dallas on right now, and good Lord, if that goes seven games, I, I don't know who's left standing after this one. Yeah, it's um, – gosh, I mean, these are the best teams because if you look at it – They've gone through either the playing series, the round robin. They've played the toughest one. So, 
man, I, and it's hard to pick. It's hard to look at all these teams and say, I mean, minus the West, I think Vegas and Colorado are the clear the clear favorites there. But out in the East, I, it's up for grabs. I don't know who to go with. It's <laughs> it could be anybody. It's anybody's game. But even if Colorado and Vegas meet, right? I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I know it's uh, it's crazy, and and the crazy part of it is, and we did our picks, uh, and they're up online online now. So you can go to any of our social media sites and, and see those. But we all picked the same: Colorado and Vegas from the West. I mean, we all thought that they were the most dominant two teams, and I still believe that, even though Colorado is uh, is trailing Dallas right now. It's uh, it, you know, I mean, they just have so much talent. Um, and not that Dallas doesn't, but you just kind of wonder in seven games, will the younger guys be able to withstand it a little more than the older guys? But but who knows? And then when you look in the East, um, that's where we all had a little difference of opinion on who we thought was going to get to the to the end result. And uh, that kind of tells you that that the East is a little different style of hockey than the West, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um... I mean, even if not even the style, there's just there's a lot of teams rebuilding out there. Um, I mean, if you look at you've got the Rangers and the Senators, uh, the Red Wings, those are three teams out of 15 right there. Um, and within the the West, I mean, gosh, it's there's maybe two or three teams that are rebuilding themselves. So um I think the rebuilding process is just is just harder in the East because you have most of those original six markets, and it's just harder. The fans want everything right then, right there, and um, it's it'll be interesting. But when they do get rebuilt, there's it's going to be or you might see a flop where the East is a very <laughs> kind of strong foothold, and the West is now going to be in that position of rebuilding. So it's it's the name of the game. And uh, all those organizations in the East are going to be really fantastic, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, seeing the mix-up in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what I'm looking for too. And it's very cyclical in the fact that uh, it, whatever comes around usually goes around full circle uh, in yeah. all of hockey. So, well, another great show. Uh, I apologize for not being able to get Kenny directly so you could uh, actually get to ask your questions uh point blank to him but i know he'll be back because he loves coming on the show and we love having him as a guest so we will get him back and the connection will be better i promise but thanks for hanging in there um i'm going to give you a chance to do your read and then we'll say good night with uh, roger klein and the peacemakers sounds good professional hockey southwest weekly is brought to you by voted the best ford dealer in arizona bell ford the arizona ford giant is presenting partner of the sunday special ask to see our friend kevin wood tell him ice time hockey southwest sent you to see the top selling line of ford trucks and more cold beers and cheeseburgers our dining room in accordance to cdc guidelines are open in all 12 valley locations and in california visit coldbeers.com for more information t-mobile see andre in the paradise valley store at shane tatum and let him show you how the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy Summer Skates, our line of shower shoes. and show off your fandom or team unity with the custom design. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time to get you back to hockey. 
For all your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations. Go to BehindTheMask.com, College Bar and Grill in Tempe by ASU fans or ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, find the bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. By M-Drive, go to MDriveForMen.com. Use promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. By the Ice Den, Scottsdale and Chandler. See our website for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all the Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, you can now ask Alexa to uh, play the podcast uh, as my Alexa goes off in my living room. <laughs> Just ask for ITHSW podcast and get your podcast right there with Alexa. So look forward to that. We also look forward to becoming part of Pandora. Did I lose everybody? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> okay, I'm back too. I don't know what's going on here. A, a brief power outage and uh, things disappeared. So anyway, College Hockey uh, Southwest Weekly tomorrow, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday. And if you're in the Vegas area, come out and see us at the uh, Bears Best Golf Course. Uh, we'll have a tent out there in the golf course and uh, the fundraising event for UNLV Hockey. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, then, of course, on Sunday night, the uh, Pandemic Playoff Podcast will be back with Zach and Paul and myself. So um, all kinds of good stuff. Just tune in to ITHSW Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts or tune into the website at IcetimeHockeySW.com. And, uh, wow, what a night. We'll be, back. <laughs> we'll be back with you next Monday. So for uh, Zach Bondaran, our good friend Kenny McCutton, the assistant coach with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Scott Cerny saying goodnight from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro. 